Hey Fitness Business Secrets listeners. Today, we're gonna listen to part two of our two-part interview with Sean Garner. Sean, a personal trainer turned gym owner turned fitness business coach has helped multiple gyms become successful during COVID. So today we're gonna learn why being online could actually lead to a price increase for your business. In addition, he talks about a sales technique that the trainer in Louisiana used to blow up her membership and add 100 new clients. And it's a technique that you might be missing out on. After working with so many gyms that went online successfully, he addresses the question, should you close your online business once you reopen your physical space? Now, if you're a small gym or fitness business owner like I was, you're probably thinking about the next 10 steps. Sean talks about business planning and how to plan the operations for your physical gym and online gym service if you keep that open. Now, whether you're a gym owner or solo trainer, Sean gives us a three-step model for creating a successful online fitness business that he's used with multiple clients really successfully. And it's not just learning about what to do, it's also about what not to do. Sean talks about focusing on certifications could actually hurt your fitness business. If you're a gym owner or a personal trainer trying to make an online fitness business successful, there's a lot of good information in today's episode. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Today on the show is Sean Garner. He's a firefighter turned CrossFit gym owner turned personal trainer. He's owned and managed multiple fitness facilities and has been a sought-after fitness instructor to high-level business executive, entrepreneurs, but also parents. Men's Health Magazine actually named him one of the world's top 50 fitness pros. Sean has actually created his own series of online training programs such as Project DadBod, and he serves as a fitness advisor for Men's Health Magazine, where he launched his second DVD with the magazine in 2020. His latest project is Entrefit, where he's a business coach to other fitness coaches, especially gym owners, where he has recently helped them maintain and even grow their sales through an online fitness business model. I'm a big believer your price online shouldn't change. If anything, it should go up. Reason being is because a lot of times, especially if you talk like using her gym in Louisiana, for example, a lot of times your, your price is set because of your local market. Whenever I owned my facility in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I struggled to get people to pay $60, $60 to $70 for an hour of personal training. I moved to Miami and there we're charging $130, $150, $200 plus an hour for an hour-long session. Listen, I was the same guy. I had the same level of experience, whether I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma or Miami, Florida. So that didn't change, but my location did, and my local market changed. So whenever you go online, what you need to realize is you're not confined to a local market anymore. You're confined to a international market. So your value becomes your true value. So you can actually charge what you want to charge and the value that you're able to bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the lady in Louisiana who added a hundred clients, which sounds amazing to any a gym owner right now, 
at $100 a pop. Did she just send out a sequence of emails to invite them? I'm just wondering any specifics on that. So her case in particular has an incredible personality. She had these personal connections with these people. She's been in the community for a long, long time. She sent them a personal text or phone call. Like okay. I think sometimes, and I kind of hinted at this earlier, too often fitness professionals will try to think about how they can scale too big and too quickly, guys. Like, okay, how can I create this opt-in that's going to go to this email sequence that's going to be lead to this sell and they're going to go to this sales page? Like, that's all well and good. And I help people do that stuff all day long, but there's a lot of power in just calling somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, especially right now, like if, if you're a hungry business owner and you want your business to grow, don't look right now on how to grow and scale things. Freaking pick up your phone and start calling your clients and find out how you can add more value to them. Reach out to old past clients and find out what they're looking for and see how you can serve and fulfill that need. Or ask your current clients that love you and that are crushing you, who else needs to be part of this facility? Who else needs to be part of this online facility? And ask for that referral. Mm -hmm. And now that we're transitioning into a lot of gyms have opened up, I think my first question is, are you recommending to these gyms to maintain the same online and offline. Now, in a sense, they may have to pay the trainer, let's say they have a staff to do Zoom calls and then in person. So that might be an additional cost or because it seems very hard to kind of try to film them while they're in a physical class. So how do you suggest that transition? I suggest it not be a transition because I'm a very positive person and not to be Debbie Downer. I feel pretty confident that gyms are going to shut down again this fall or this winter because this fall or winter is normal cold and flu season. It doesn't matter if it's normal cold or flu or not. Everybody's going to assume uh, that it's COVID. So you're going to have to be this. So this is where you need to also be thinking as a facility owner. If you do have staff, you're most likely, if one of your staffs comes down with just the regular cold, they're going to be out of work for two weeks because they're probably going to have to be like self-quarantined and everything like that for two weeks. There's two weeks of revenue that they can't be in your facility. So you need to maintain an online presence for them to be able to still train their clients remotely online. The other thing you got to think about your membership base. If any one of them tests positive or anything like that, man, you got to think about all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. Like what class were they last in? Now do we, are we legally responsible? Now do we have to notify that whole class? So all that being said, I feel pretty confident that if gyms don't close down this fall or winter again, they're going to be put on some crazy hard restrictions. I think that we're getting just like a little open up just for a little bit. And I'm not trying to like be Debbie Downer about the situation, because hopefully it doesn't happen and mm -hmm. everything's fine, but you need to be putting your business in a position to where if it does, you're prepared. So you should absolutely not stop your online stuff. If anything, I think you should look at it a little differently. You should look at, okay, how can I right now make my online as awesome as possible? Because hopefully you're getting some more in-person business in right now and you need to be cash grabbing like crazy and stocking away money from all these in-person clients that you're able to recoup and get back in because most likely you will have to close back down again. So you need to be prepared for that and you need to be making sure that your staff is set up to do that, that your business is set up to transition that. So look at ways to cut expenses. Maybe you can downsize your facility if you're leasing out 10,000 square feet and maybe can you condense it down to 6,000 square feet. Everybody's business model is set up, but I would strongly suggest that now is not the time to let the gas off the online. It's slam it to the ground and keep it going because if you did it at all and you were even moderately successful, you saw that it took time to get it to grow back up, right? 
why would you want to stop and let it fall back down? So in three months, again, if you, if you're closed back down, you have to build it all back up, create that sense of normalcy for your client. So this just becomes something that you do now. And this is just part of our continued offer. How I would suggest possibly positioning that from like a financial standpoint is currently as a way to say thank you to your members and them sticking with you during this time. It's just included in their membership. So like I said earlier, like in a dream scenario, you just kept that auto draft running. You kept that online thing going and you added value to them. You served them. You added those new things. Now the gym's back open. That's awesome. Now our facility's open. So we still got, you guys still get all access to this as well. But now you can come experience it live in the facility as well and keep the pricing and everything the same because God forbid they do shut down again. You don't want to have to like be messing with people's credit cards again. Like, hey, well, now it's going to be this price or now it's this. don't mess with that stuff. And then hopefully, hopefully this stuff's all like blows away and, and coronavirus and all that stuff goes away. And then this just the online experience becomes an additional offer that you're able to sell for your in-person facility, or it becomes an upsell where you get, you know, the full experience where you get our in-person and our online program, or if they're remotely, they live far away, former members. Um, now you've got this online offering or they can buy just an in-person membership as well. Because mm -hmm. that's one thing to think about with this is you shouldn't, if you're delivering value, you shouldn't be having, you shouldn't have members canceling as much if you have a really solid online offer. Because, well, they can't say it's because they moved. They can't say it's because they can't make it to the class time anymore. It 100% comes down to price. If that's the issue, and I'm a very big believer that price is never the issue, it's value. So if people are leaving because you're doing all this stuff and they're saying it's price, it's because you're not delivering enough value to them online. Mm -hmm. So it just like the cheesy, stupid example I always give to people is I said, you know, would you pay uh, $10,000? Uh, for this water bottle right here. Like, no, obviously that's stupid. That's not worth it. I wouldn't spend the money on that. But if I said, hey, would you pay $10,000 for a brand new Ferrari that I just found? And you would find a way to scrunch up the money, borrow from friends and stuff like that. So you could buy the Ferrari because you know it's worth way more than $10,000. You could sell it and make all this money because you see the value in it. So a lot of times if members are telling you that it has to do with price, it, it doesn't. It has to do with the value that you're providing for them. But no, don't stop doing online training right now. That's the worst thing that you could do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it sounds like you're saying we're going to assume, crossing fingers, March at the work, things are pretty much cleared up. So now at that point, you've been running two, almost some people could even say two businesses if you do still have the in-person business. Yes. But it sounds like you're suggesting, tell your customers, hey, this is a worth this much value online, but we're going to give it to you for free. So that when, because it sounds like you're saying in the future, you should definitely charge additional for that service once things are back to normal, uh, additional for the online service. Yeah, to add it on. So it's not that it's worth more. I, I think that you should have three different almost packages, if you will. You've got like a online only offer. You've got your in-person offer. And then you got like your grand membership. You're all, you know, VIP type of thing deluxe. where it comes with both of them and everything. Yeah, deluxe. Oh, that sounds better. Um, <laughs> I do, I, I do want to reiterate something that you just said, because I don't think that if your business is struggling online, this is probably one of the big reasons why you made a comment, you said, you know, they might look at it like it's almost like a second business. It is very much like a second business. Don't think doing an online offer is going to be easy, take less time or whatever. You should think about having an online training business as a second facility. So at whenever the, you were shut down, yeah, it was a little bit easier because you didn't have to worry about this other facility. Um, and the online became your new facility. 
if you're open back up, you need to realize now you have two facilities. You have an online virtual facility and you have your in-person facility because if you don't look at it like that, you're going to let one of them suffer and you're going to start giving a less than poor offer, whether that be in person or online, and you're going to be losing your members that way. Okay. And so the realistic question on a scale of one to five, five being highly recommended and one not really necessary, would you imagine that even in this rough time where they might have lost some clients because they, they're figuring their stuff out, understandably, and they're moving online, that if they're doing physical and in person, that they should, they might need to hire someone, which I don't know if everyone has money to, because two businesses is two sources of attention. And lots of people already give their whole life to their gym. So yeah. to add this physical, like a lot of gym owners, they're not going to be super tech savvy because that's not what they needed to be before. So now they need to learn things, email, software, Zoom, Facebook. And that seems, would you say that on a scale of one to five, how much would you recommend that they're going to kind of need to hire some type of help for that? Just support, like admin help, support help, additional staff. Yeah, good question. I don't know if you necessarily need to hire somebody. I think you might have to restructure and reposition roles and expectations. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so one thing, another thing that you said that was really, really awesome that I want people to understand too is like, guys, the fitness industry is young and it's always growing and evolving. To be successful in the fitness industry now, you do need to be learning a new set of skills. You do need to be learning like social media content creation. You do need to be learning how to connect and sales like that with, with your clients because there are so many people that are really good at those things that that's what attracts people. There's nobody on their phone right now. They're like, oh, this person got their precision nutrition level two or they, they've got this extra kettlebell cert. I'm going to go hire them. Like, very rarely does that happen. If it does, it's because they were a fitness professional or something like that. And they're looking specifically for that cert. 99% of the general population is like, man, that person, it sounds like whenever they're speaking, it sounds like they're talking directly to me. I want to go buy their program or I want to go train with them. Like they've got those interpersonal skills. They were able to create content online that was engaging. That's a new set of skills that you absolutely need to be learning. So that being said, in fitness industry 2.0 or whatever we're on now, you might not need to hire somebody, but you need to have somebody on your team that's figuring this stuff out because it doesn't matter if say tomorrow, Christy, you're like, oh my God, guys, look, I found the cure for coronavirus. It was in here in my nightstand. And now you eradicate it from the world, right? That was just a way to the, the pandemic, the coronavirus, the gym shutdown was just a way to highlight some of the flaws and holes that were in a lot of these businesses. You need to still know those skills, guys. You still need to know how to set up email marketing. You need to know how to create content. You need to know how to do these digital marketing type of things. If you don't personally know how to do them, somebody on your staff needs to know how to do it or some consulting agency or, or team that you hire needs to know how to do those things because that's how the world does business now. So if you like are going to put your head in the sand, like, oh, I've got all my certs. I'm good. I don't need to learn those things. You probably won't be in business in a couple of years because there's going to be somebody else that figured those things out. And now they're going to be taking and training your clients. So that being said, you brought up a good point as far as, well, people have probably lost members. I a hundred percent know that a lot, like, I think it's like 60 or 70% of gyms are probably going to be closing down permanently just through this, this crisis. But there are people on your staff right now that are not working as hard as they could or should be because they might not have as many clients. You need to find somebody to fill those roles. And that's a great way for people to step up 
And again, I'm not trying to be super negative. Let's just have a real talk. If you have a job right now, you should be pretty thankful for that. And so you should be, if you are an employee, you are a trainer working at a facility, you need to find ways to add more value to them than just show up and do a session or just show up and do a class. Because if you're not the owner, man, those guys are struggling right now. And whether they admit it to you or not, they're probably trying to figure out how they can keep the doors open so you even have a job in six months. So if you're a trainer employee at a facility, man, find out how you can add value to those people and serve them to ensure that you do have a job in six months. And if you are the gym owner yourself, like you've got to surround yourself with people that can figure this stuff out. It's it's not as expensive as you think it might be. There's probably like a, a college student or an intern or something like that, that you get hire because they want to come work at your facility. There's a lot of ways to be creative. I, I had this one person I was working with. They were a very, very small facility where it's like, man, they're the owner, the janitor, the group fitness instructor, everything. They've got like two trainers that work with them. What they did is they started an internship program. Guys, trainers are looking for places to train their clients right now. If you are open, I'm giving them an opportunity to come in, start taking some of those online classes, start doing some of the admin work. Um, if you're not comfortable with social media, let them take that stuff. Again, like I said earlier, if you really want to serve your clients, you're going to find a way to get creative and make it happen. It's not impossible. It's just how hungry are you to find a solution to the problem? Yeah. And before we run out of time, I also wanted to ask about your three-step model for getting an online business successful, whether you are a current gym right now, or you're just a personal trainer who was training offline before. Yeah. Good question. So I'll give you guys a very high level overview because each one of these points you could talk for five minutes, five hours, or five days on each one of these topics. But any successful online training business or, or honestly, any business at all is going to follow a three-step framework. And this is what we put all of our clients through at EntreFit whenever we start working with them is you need these three parts if you want to truly have a successful online training business. The first one is a community. The second one is an offer. And the third one is the systems. So this is kind of how this breaks down and what that means. First of all, is your community. You need to know, like we started out talking about, you need to know exactly who you want to attract and who you want to serve. Fitness professionals especially struggle with this so much because they feel like they're being pigeonholed. They're like, oh, I want to help everybody and I can help everybody. I've got all these certs. That's awesome that you can help everybody, but you can't market to everybody. And whenever you're going to online, you need to realize you absolutely need to have the skill set to be able to work with anything that comes with you, especially online. Because like we said before, you need to know what's going to go wrong with this move or this exercise or this combo or this training split before they know. So you need to have those reps in of all those different diversities and stuff that you're working with. But when you're online, your marketing has to be specific or you're going to get lost in all the noise. You don't realize this. But you actually, if you have an in-person business right now, you appeal to a very specific market right now. You just don't realize it because it was forced upon you, right? You are appealing to a certain type of demographic that want to pay for a certain price point that are looking for a certain type of fitness experience that live within a certain amount of miles from your facility. You don't realize it. You think that like, no, I help everybody. No, you don't. Are you, do you help a bodybuilder in Southern California while at the same time help a housewife in New York? No, it's a completely different thing. You, you just think that you're doing that, but you don't realize you do have a specific market you work with. It was just forced upon you or it just kind of happened. So one thing to think about whenever you are talking about your who, your community, who you want to serve, it's less to do with demographics and more to do with psychographics. So what that means is 
yeah, I think it's great. And eventually you'll work up to something where you're like, I specialize in helping 35 to 45 year old men who have this income that live 10 miles outside of a major US city that they're looking for this, they're former athletes. That's what most people think about when they think about their target client and demographics and stuff like that. That's cool. But that I believe will initially shape over time. What you need to really be thinking about and focusing on, and this might kind of help a little bit more, is the psychographics. So that's what are the people thinking? What is the problem that they're dealing with? And that kind of starts to shape your who. So what I, what I always tell trainers is, or gym owners is think about these two questions whenever you're trying to shape and create your foundation for your who or your dream client. Who is the client where when they come in the facility or you've got to train them, like you could train that person all day long. They just bring you energy and joy. And you look forward to that class or that session each and every day. Who is that person and what makes them unique? Why did they come to you? What result are they looking for? What's their training style that they like? And, and what makes them awesome to where you connect with them? The second thing is because obviously if you like who you work with, you're going to want to show up every day and it's going to be easy. The second thing is who or what is the type of client where when they come to you, you're like, whoo, I'm going to crush it with them. Is it like somebody that's a runner that has knee pain and you're like, I, man, I've dealt with this like a hundred times. I know exactly what I need to do. Is it the dad that's self-conscious when he takes his shirt off at the pool and you're like, boom, like dad bod to rad bod. I got you. Like, what is that type of client that you just crush it with every time? Because you also like to go to work every day when you are an all-star. And so if you have a certain demographic where you've just got this system and you know how to get results with, that also can help shape your who. So thinking about who you like working with, who you can crush it with, and what type of problem you want to be known for solving, that is what shapes your who. Why this is so important is, again, not that you're pigeonholing yourself and you're not going to work with anybody else, but it applies to your marketing. Whenever you're online, guys, it has about 1% about how awesome of a trainer you are and about 99% of how awesome people think of a trainer you are because it comes down to your marketing, your messaging, and how you're connecting with people online. There is going to be a huge, to prove my point as far as the knowing your messaging and your who, you're going to attract a completely different type of clientele by using my training will get you jacked and my training will get you toned. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything about what kind of workout we're going to do, but you instantly, if I said jacked, you, you might've connected and like, oh yeah, that's me. Let's get jacked, bro. And if I said toned, you're like, oh, that's not for me. But to somebody that spoke to him. And if you know who you're trying to speak to and connect, you know what language you need to use so you can connect with them and find them. Because whenever you know who you want to find, who you want to work with online, it becomes a lot easier to find them. Are they spending their time on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? Are they on YouTube? Do they like long form videos? Are they blogging? Are they reading email newsletter? Are they on Instagram? Like everybody thinks that, oh, I'm a fitness professional, so I need to have an Instagram account. Not necessarily. I've got a lot of my clients that they are working with more like, uh, business owners, C-level entrepreneur type people in the online training aspect, they really don't do anything on Instagram. They're spending their time on LinkedIn because they know where their clients are. And so because you know who you're who, so much easier to speak to them, to attract them. And they honestly help shape everything because once you know your who, you can create step two, which is your offer. And that's the kind of the packaging and stuff that you're going to create for them that best serves them. I made a huge mistake when I started doing online training as I, I, I got myself an app. I made my own app. I paid all this money. Then I created this awesome program and that was my offer. And I was like, man, I'm going to sell it for this. This is what it's going to be. And then nobody bought it. 
because I started all about me. I created this cool system that what I thought was an awesome offer. And I was like, hey, where's everybody at? Like <laughs> whenever you flip those things and you start with your who and you become obsessed with serving them, you know how to create offers and different packages and price points and stuff that's going to truly serve and add value to them to where you don't have to sell because they're like, that's exactly what I was looking for. Because you asked them, you created this awesome community of this targeted dream client. Then you just started serving them. So then once you have created those offers, well, then you have to have systems, which is step three to automate, grow and scale everything. You know, what systems do you have in place for lead generation? What systems do you have in place for sales? What are you doing for email marketing? What are you doing tech, SMS text message marketing? What's your social media content calendar look like? What's your onboarding system look like? When somebody says, hey, I do want you to train me. Here's my money. What's that flow look like? So that instantly they're getting those products in that they've delivered. And so they are not having buyer's remorse about that. Like those whole systems, as far as like paid traffic website, like that goes really, really deep. And then it just keeps going in a circle because then it's like, okay, we've got all these systems that we built out to do the current offer that we have for that dream client. Then it starts back over. Okay. We got our client here. We built these systems out that support them. What other offers do we need to create to add value to that client? So the ability to create offers is 100% down to your creativity. So I think a lot of times people say, oh, I do online training. It's this much a month. That's what it is. Like that's a offer, but you can do anything. An offer can be anything from a free email opt-in to like a $15 a month subscription service to like a $199 group challenge to like a $500 a month one-on-one -on -one challenge or one-on-one -on -one coaching program to like a $2,500 weekend retreat or online type of workshop type of thing, it 100% comes down to all those different offers. How's different ways that I can serve and add value to who that I wanted to work with? And then what systems do I need to support and create and build to run all this stuff and automate it so I'm not like freaking out at my keyboard and stuff like that all day. If you follow those three steps and in that order, you'll be way more successful than just trying to figure it out on your own. Because most fitness professionals with their online business and their gym, they do those three things but in the opposite order. And that's why they struggle. The first thing that they do is uh, they work on their systems. They're like doing online training. I need to build a website first, or I I'm going to start working on my website. Dude, how are you going to build a website when you don't even know what words to put on your website? Cause you don't know who you're going to work with. <laughs> so they start building out their website. Then they're like, okay, I've got this awesome website. It's got a lot of really cool pictures of me on it. And uh, it's, it's just flooded about them. It has nothing to do with a client and how they're going to serve and add value and solve problems. It's all about like, man, I looked really, like, really good in these pictures. So I want to put them on a website. So I feel good about myself. Then <laughs> they're going to create this custom offer program. And they're, it's going to be like maybe their signature workouts, the things that they like. And then they're going to say, man, I got to find some people to buy this thing. Same thing also happens a lot of times with facilities, right? They start with their systems. They find out, uh, okay, well, I'm going to put my facility right here. This is the club management software I'm going to use. This is going to be my price point. Then they open up and they hope they can find members. But so whether it's an online or a brick and mortar facility, if you start and flip that and you find out, okay, where's my community? Where are they congregating at? Whether in person or online. Then after that, okay, what kind of offer are they looking for? Do they want group fitness? Do they want full service gym? Do they want personal training? Do they want online? How they want dual streaming? Do they want PDFs and programs? Do they want an app? What do they want? Then you create all the systems, build out your location, build out your website, your email marketing and automation stuff to support all those things that add value to your who. Do those things and you will be awesome.
And my follow-up question, because I think that all sounds amazing. And some people are like, who, who can I pay to get that for me? Because it does take a lot of time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> for, for the community, you know, I set up, let's say, a Facebook group. And I try to do a few things, but I... I'm not sure because I'm starting online. Let's say a trainer is starting online and they might, before they just trained whoever was in their gym. And now they have to think through, okay, who am I targeting? And they don't even, they're just trying to create this community. Could you tell me the number one or top two things you would tell them to create their community? Is it a Facebook group? Is it this? Is it that? And how long should they be spending on this? Because they could also just throw a lot of hours and not get anywhere. Yeah, great question. And so one thing that I would say to that is one of the reasons why a lot of gyms fail is because people will spend more time, effort, and money learning how to use a piece of equipment like a kettlebell and go to like a dozen different kettlebell starts and do absolutely zero training on how to grow a business. And so they spend more, so much time working on their craft. I a hundred percent am a huge proponent of continuing education and taking certs. I haven't trained a person in person in like almost two years and I'm still doing continuation certs. You need to do that stuff, but you need to realize that the craft needs to have just as much important as the business if you want to be a business owner. So don't think just because you are an awesome trainer that you're going to be successful with a business. It doesn't work that way. You need to realize you've got to be putting just as much focus on learning how to grow your business than as you are on your craft of fitness. You, you would laugh if I said, oh, just figure the fitness or the exercise thing out, or oh, just take that person's program and copy and paste it and try and figure out how to do it. But yet as the business side, we want that to happen. We want to try and find like these templated resources that we can just cut and paste and use and add to our business. We would not think about doing that with our programming, but when it comes to our business, that's like what people are looking for. Or we would not at all think about just going in and just figuring out the fitness thing, but that's what fitness professionals do all the time with their business. It's like, ah, I'm a good trainer. I'll figure it out. And that's unfortunately why a lot of them do fail. And so you asked a really cool question, which was how, that was my rant first, (laughs) of how to grow your community and what's the best way. It depends on your who, right? So where I grow my community for my fitness stuff and for my business coaching, is going to be a lot different to where you might grow your community to your your fitness product and your, your coaching and everything like that. So that's where you have to get obsessed with your who to where you know you know more about them than what they do. If you want to know like a, a couple of secrets of marketing is one, if you're able to articulate and explain somebody's problem better than they are, they're going to automatically assume that you have the answer to it because they're going to be like, oh, you're speaking directly to them and it feels like you're connecting to them. You have to be so obsessed with your dream client that you want to work with that you know those things before they even deal with them. And then you're able to articulate it in such a way that like, that's my person. So there's not a, there's not a right way. I can't say like, oh, Facebook groups, you're going to crush it on there. Or, oh, you need to start a YouTube channel. Oh, you should start a podcast, build this website, use this. Like it doesn't matter because it hundred percent comes down to who you want to serve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. And just, I know uh, we have about five more minutes left. Maybe you could give me some case examples of clients you've had who have 
built a successful online community. And that way you can kind of reference the type of business they were, the type of customer they served. Yeah. So it's, it's less about a demographic and it's more about what problem do they solve? So we've got some clients that specialize in helping endurance athletes stay injury free for their cross training programs. We've got some that specialize in working with working millennial females that are trying to work their way up the corporate ladder, but still working to increase their fitness. Have a lot of people that are, that are working with busy moms, stay at home moms, working moms, busy dads, working dads in those different demographics. That's what they're working on. It's not like a, oh, this person created this group fitness concept online and they're crushing it. I could tell you that stuff, but my, my fear would be like, somebody's going to try and take and copy and paste. Oh, Sean said, do online group fitness. That's what I'm going to do. It doesn't work that way. People are trying to find shortcuts to this because they, they just want to be told like, oh, you need to do CrossFit or, oh, you need to do orange theory or, oh no, you should do bodybuilding. It doesn't work that way, man. Like you have to become so obsessed with the servant's heart that you find out who you want to serve and what they need instead of just trying to guess and make it up. The internet's a huge place. And so you got to find out what part of the internet you want to take over. Yeah. So for example, your endurance athlete, what do they do to build up a community? Yeah. Great question. So again, whenever you know who you want to serve, really easy to go find him. So what he started doing is he knew he wanted to work with endurance athletes. So he started spending his time connecting with people on endurance blogs. He contacted all the local running stores in his area and see if he could set up workshops there. He started connecting with Facebook groups that specialize in working with endurance athletes, people doing their first triathlons. He went to the local races and runs and stuff. And he started setting up booths, showing what he specialized in, doing like little movement assessments and stuff that specialize in runners. He knew his tribe. He knew what problems they are dealing with. He would connect with local running shoe stores, see if he could set up movement assessment workshops in there, showing him how to stay injury free, doing meeting up with run clubs. Literally, he just like hungry and he knew what they were dealing with and he went to go serve those people. So I'm, I was going to say, I'm sorry if I'm not giving you like the perfect answer. Like, oh, oh no, no. He went to, he started this Facebook group and his business blew up. Like <laughs> it doesn't really, I, I could tell you something, but I want to, I want to be real with you and be honest with you. You, you can't automate service. I totally understand, but that was a great example. So if people wanted to talk to you, reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am most active on Instagram. You can just connect with me there at Sean Garner, or you can check us out on the website. It's entrefitcoaching.com, entre like entrepreneurial, fitnesscoaching.com. Or you can shoot me an email, Sean, S-E-A-N at entrefit.co. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, it was awesome having you, Sean. Great energy. And I think we learned a lot. So if anyone wants to reach out to Sean, make sure to get in touch with him. He has a great website and it's really helpful videos on his website and YouTube. So it was great. Thanks so much, Sean. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me and have an awesome day. Have a great day. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, Get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end.co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. 
Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnesssecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.